0: So if I'm on the receiving end of the anger and I, and I validate that person's experience without having to agree with their experience, but just validating their experience, hey, I see that you're really angry in this. I imagine that this is really important to you.
1: Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Privil Toplitski. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome everybody to this episode of Receiving Someone's Anger. And I have a conversation with a returning guest, my friend and colleague, Corey Castanzo, And this episode piggybacks off of a previous episode that Corey and I have done, The Anger Habit, on January 12th. And in it, we mentioned about possibly doing another podcast on receiving someone's anger, the challenges, and how do you go about that, healthy ways. So we decided to follow up and do that. And as you all know, this is not an easy thing to do in a productive and healthy way is to receive someone's anger that doesn't turn into a conflict and fights and escalation, but one of more of understanding, reflection, and deeper connection. So we talk about some of the ways energetically in a thought process tools of reflection and actually communication, verbal responses to somebody's anger, and some interesting tools and techniques that you may want to try. We also talked about a caveat, and I want to stress this right now. This is an exception. If you are on the receiving end of somebody's verbal or physical abuse that has a very volatile and raging anger, we're not advocating that you just receive it. Not at all. This is very different. And I know sometimes it may be hard to tell what is normal and what is very unhealthy and abusive. So we want you to know that we are not advocating that if you are in that circumstance that you feel that you are in danger, that you are very unsafe, you do not have to receive somebody's anger that is about them they need help and also you may need help so in the show notes i also have domestic abuse and domestic violence hotlines to call national hotlines if that is of need of yours all right let me tell you a little bit more about Corey. those of you that haven't listened to some of our past podcasts I love doing my podcast with Corey. It's a very good back and forth conversation. And those of you that might have known, that's what I like in my podcast is to have a conversation. I'm not really into interviews. No, I want to I wanna give you all really good conversations so that you get to eavesdrop on that and hopefully feel like you're a part of a conversation. Corey is a licensed addiction counselor in Asheville, North Carolina. He is also a somatic experiencing practitioner and a licensed massage and bodywork therapist. He is the co-owner of Still Point Wellness. And Still Point Wellness, those of you who have known is a past sponsor of my podcast. And and I just love talking about Still Point Wellness. It is a place that I go to for saltwater flotation tank to Relax me to put me in a state of wellness and homeostasis in my body. I am an Esalen Massage certified practitioner. So all of their massages are eslin certified practitioners. It is an incredible experience of body work. It will put you in a state of relaxation that you've never known. Real excited about Still Point Wellness. They are expanding this year going to have another location with several saltwater flotation tanks and also more Esalen massage practitioners, as well as a Esalen massage training rooms and workshop rooms. So that's coming later this year. And you can contact them at stillpointwell.com. And hey, if you mention the code word PREPO, you will get 10% off your first saltwater flotation experience and your first Esalen massage. Okay, everybody, here we go. My conversation with Corey Costanzo on receiving somebody's anger. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. All right, baby, here we go again. Mm Mm-hmm so glad that we are taking up on kind of a, a little verbal commitment that we put out on our last podcast around anger. We said that we would go ahead and maybe do one on dealing with someone else's anger, how to receive it. So that's where we're going to go.
0: I'm so excited to be back, Prepo, and so excited to be invited back on fairly regular basis to have these conversations and knock some ideas around and then go have some dinner out on the town and just enjoy ourselves together. and
1: mm-hmm. love it. hmm Yeah. So this one, does it hit a chord for you about dealing with somebody's anger? Does it hit it with your own anger or how you receive anger? Wh- which angle do you want to go with about how somebody's receiving your anger or how you receive somebody else's anger?
0: First and foremost, I definitely resonate with, me being the giver of anger
1: <laughs> that's been coming up lately that's for you, been huh? coming
0: up lately just because uh, life has been really fast and furious for me and there's been lots of roadblocks in my life that are building up and I'm a little bit of a an inner explorer like I just love peeling off the lid and taking a look at my own stuff and yeah, especially if it can help some other folks and you know resonate with some people in a way that helps them to either deal with their own anger or helps a partner
1: to deal with their partner's
0: anger. Yeah, I'm, I'm all game. I'm all about
1: that. So you've been doing a little bit of research by asking some people around your life of how they deal with your anger, huh? Yeah, pretty much so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right this last week or so, you know, there's been a lot of introspection and a lot of questions that I've been asking my partner. And so what do you got? You got any questions for me?
1: Yeah. One, I guess, is for you, what what do you think the spectrum of healthy anger? Because in our last podcast, we talked about the anger habit and we talked about how it starts off with like helplessness and goes into stuckness and frustration that goes into anger. And I think there's a degree of, if you're on the receiving end of somebody's anger of how it's gonna, it could be healthy to allow some of that anger. And then there's the other spectrum where uh, -uh, no freaking way you don't allow that kind of rage or anger because it's abusive and so forth. So there's kind of a spectrum. If somebody is constantly spewing out anger, there's an issue there. It's not like somebody, because I don't want to tell people, yes, deal with somebody's anger. Just learn to deal with somebody's anger. Somebody has an anger problem, they got an anger problem and they've got to really look at it. But as a human condition, we all get angry and especially in our relationships and how to work with it so that two people aren't getting angry because I think that's the biggest thing is not to feed off of somebody else's anger. So... I guess to start off would be what is some of the feedback that you're getting when you've been dishing out some of your anger in the last couple weeks? What kind of feedback are you getting from like Robin and other people? Let me start with talking
0: about healthy anger for me because growing up that was something that I wasn't connected to. It becomes a little confusing for me sometimes, you know, where healthy, where's the line between healthy anger and unhealthy anger. So healthy anger really gives me an opportunity to understand what's not working for me and that something needs to shift. Something needs to change. I need to communicate something. Unhealthy anger is when it comes out like a fire hose and I become slightly irrational in my thought process or my expectations. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I'm realizing this is kind of vulnerable for me to choose this <laughs> road of, of uh, self-disclosure like this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I just want to name
1: that and take a breath into that. You want to disclose anything about, was there any like destructive collateral damage in your past with some of your anger? Is there any of your relationships, can you recall where somebody said, I just couldn't deal with your anger, Corey? I don't think so. No, because, because
0: this is something recent that's, mm. that's just started, starting to happen. And I'm really, I'm really recognizing the, the need for more support within, within myself. Yeah.
1: How, how can I support you right now, brother? Uh, mm. Let's just keep talking. <laughs> let's just keep talking. Yeah. Thanks for asking though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that part of the differentiating between unhealthy and, and healthy anger. And I think also one, one part of the healthy anger is when you know that you're, that you're actually angry, you know, that you can speak about your anger as opposed to just like you said, spooing and just raging and also unhealthy Anger gets into really being critical and criticizing the other person. And especially if you're aware of that, you're creating damage, like the other person is, is hurt, is cowering, trying to take care of themselves and create boundaries by leaving, moving away and keep going and keep going. Like the part of unhealthy where you can't control it, healthy anger, is where you can control it. I remember being in a, like an anger release workshop, you know, where you just, you know, go at it. You just pound the shit out of the pillow and, you know, you have a facilitator. And, and I remember, man, there was this big old dude. He was like, he was like 250 pounds, just huge. And he started just going at it on the pillow and just yelling and screaming and, there was part of me that was thinking, oh man, this guy, he's gonna be out of control. And this could be really scary. And all of a sudden, at one point, he's just pounding, pounding, and all of a sudden he just stopped and he looked over to the, to the guy that was kind of like holding the pillow and he said, no, wait, m- move it over to the left a little bit. And then he started going at it again and I thought, wow, he's not out of control. He's expressing his anger, but he's not out of control. And that gave me a view of a healthy release of anger. Now you and I talked about last time that if you make that a habit of constantly releasing anger, it's not that you're going to just, you're going to have more anger sometimes. So we have to watch that. But if you really need to get it out, because you may not be a person that expresses anger and so forth, it's good to, it's good to release it. But knowing that healthy anger, you can be in control of expressing your anger.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm feeling like, like, I want to shift the conversation a little bit away from me, actually.
1: And you move it in your seat a little bit, too, man. And squirmy.
0: we'll circle back for okay, sure. Okay, good. Yeah. Hmm. But I really want to talk about, about ways that folks can receive anger in a way that, that is skillful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, if we take a look at the spectrum of anger and we're on the healthy side of the spectrum, you know, one thing that's important for couples and in my life is to mirror back to the person that's that might be angry with me. Mirror and, back exactly what I'm hearing them saying. Even if I disagree, just mirror right back to them.
1: Yeah. And what do you think about first letting that person just, you know, I, I think it's good to, to ground ourselves in a little bit of, the, of that silence. Because I know for me, if, if I'm cut off too fast to, in a mirroring situation, I want to be heard. So I think it's a fine line. I definitely agree that we need to mirror back. The timing of how that comes, I think is really skillful. You know what I mean? So how do you do that kind of grounding? Well, I think one is when my wife gets angry, which is, not a lot at all. Part of me has to has to think that. Like I think, damn, she's got to be upset because she doesn't get angry a lot. So there's something that's upsetting to her. It, I shouldn't cut her off. And I'm thinking I got to allow some of that energy. So sometimes I say say within myself that I don't have to argue. I don't have to try to find the facts of being right or wrong about it. Can I just let her have it? One part of that is because she's really good at letting me release some of my anger. She's so good at just kind of being silent and it kind of diffuses me because after a while, if I'm tense, you know, three or four cents of me getting angry, I'm realizing I'm the only one that's fucking angry here. You know, it's like I start self regulating a little bit. So, what I hear you saying is that if you
0: want that from your partner, if you want that kind of understanding and acknowledgement when you're angry, give that to your partner. There you go. And that, model that behavior.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I think that that's, we got to work with our past on that because if we felt overrun by a raging parent and so forth, we were defending ourselves a lot or or we were running away, or we were hiding, or yeah. we were you know, a rat caught in a corner, or a turtle you know, in a shell. We have, to, we have to understand how did we deal with anger as a kid? I think you just
0: hit the nail on the head of why I'm getting all mixed up and confused right now. Why it's not flowing for me, you because know? that's how I grew up when I, was, when I was a kid. And even just talking about it now and reflecting, I just feel confused. Mm. And it's just not, it's just not flowing. So thank you for shifting the conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said before, I imagine that we'll get back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's healthy anger, how to deal with it. Step one is self-regulation Yeah, listening.
1: And, and, and listening. And also I think it's, it's important at times if, if I know that I have no capacity to listen to somebody's anger, I've got to be able to state that and say, look, you know, I can't, I can't be able to witness your anger right now. I, um, I am full. I am really stressed. I I want to be able to do that. I want, I want to hear you. Now's not a good time. So I have to know, you know, the level of my cup, you know, how full it is. What's coming up for me is how people like customer service people must be trained because I went off on a freaking customer service person like mm. five years ago because of some, bill that I got that I felt I wasn't in the wrong at all. And I was just going off on this person. Mm. I mean, I was yelling and screaming on the phone where my wife was just looking at me like, Whoa, you're off. And that person just Mm. let me do it. And she was listening and she was reflecting back. I am so sorry that you're, you're that angry. I will. Mm. And, and there is something about allowing that reflects she was grounded. And I I imagine the people that are in customer services, they know that that shit's going to come at them. So they have to prepare themselves because I've been with some customer service people that have been defensive and that has raised my anger and some frustration.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know this firsthand because at still point wellness. That's, you know, we interface directly with the public at the, at the spa and we, we do extensive training for the, for the front desk. In fact, we have everybody at the front desk read the book, The Right Use of Power from Cedar Barstow because there's actually a power differential that happens when you're behind the desk and a client or a customer comes in. There's, there's some power that that employee actually does have. And there are these subtle dynamics that wind up happening that if you're not aware of, it can get into a pissing contest really fast. It can get into a risky territory really fast for an untrained customer service rep. Right. Yeah, so we do extensive training with our, with our front desk staff to be able to ground themselves and center themselves. And we actually encourage them to use self-care practices throughout their shift mm. as, as a way so that they can really show up and listen and listen to our clients. Yeah. yeah. We teach them, we empower them with boundaries also. And, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. But,
1: and one thing that you and I have talked about throughout all of our podcast is the such important aspect of resourcing ourselves through our breath. So for me, when I'm on the receiving end of anger, I've got to be taking some deep breaths. If I'm holding in, it's like loading the gun, right? I'm holding in to shoot it back. But if I'm Taking like deep breaths, yeah. it's, it's almost like circulating that energy. Okay, it's coming at me and then releasing it. And when, when you release it, there's a sense of a little bit of relief in your body. I think that a lot of times when people escalate, they go back and forth. They're not deep breathing at all. What they're doing is they're shallow breathing and they're spewing it back and forth really fast. Now this word you keep using, spewing. Well, you never know. heard of spewing. I've heard of spewing. Oh man, so you gotta get that. W I N G, but spewing? You know, maybe that's kind of like the, the, the West Side of Detroit that we said spewing instead of spewing. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, sometimes your words just work. I, spewing feels good in my mouth. So, all right. But I might try spewing. I might try spewing my spoon next time. It takes a little
0: longer <laughs> to, to get out spewing. So maybe it's a slang thing from Detroit. I don't know.
1: Did you understand what I was saying when I said spooing? Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. All so right. that's how we do. De- All um, right. <laughs> nice. Love you, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So back to practical steps that people can take when they're on the receiving end of anger. Self-regulation. Now, I don't want to use too much jargon here, yeah. right? Yeah. So self-regulation, very simply put, it's being able to manage your own emotional state.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also to separate our emotional states, right? Not to be codependent and meshed. This other person is angry. I don't have to be angry because they're angry, right? Why do I have to be angry? I'm a separate Oof. person, right? So I think like that's a very important part to know. Yeah. I don't have to take on their anger. Even if they're angry at me, I don't have to defend myself right now. I don't have to be part of this. They want to witness. There's a reason why they're getting angry. They want me to know something.
0: Mm, Curiosity. Curiosity, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now when there's healthy expression of anger, I can get curious, Mm -hmm. but once it crosses that line and anger is being directed at me, it's really hard for me to be curious because I start feeling, uh, disrespected or
1: abused. And, and that's just not okay. That's not okay. And I think that that's where setting boundaries for anger, when you need to take care of yourself is really important. Like you can say, all right, I get that you're angry, but please come talk to me when you can speak without yelling. Mm -hmm. So you're telling this person what you want them to do, not what you don't want them to do. Cause Mm -hmm. I always, I always tell people don't say, don't get angry at me. Because the person's going to defend themselves. I'm not getting angry, or you want to tell somebody what you want. Like you can also say, "Wow, you know, we're really upset. You know, we're we're going back and forth, and we're being upset with each other. Let's just both calm down before we discuss anything further." Now, I think calming down can be challenging too. To say that, so uh, I, you know, I would just like recognize, you know, we we both are in this loop right now. So that's an, an, another way to put up a boundary. What, what else do you think setting boundaries when, when it crosses the line?
0: I mean, I think the real ninja thing to do is to go underneath the anger and try to come up with the emotion or the need that's not being met, that you imagine is not being met by the angry, angry person. Like, wow, it sounds like you're really hurting about something to be this upset. You know, for right now, let's just, let's just pause and come back together when you're a little calmer, and mm-hmm. we'll and we'll talk about this.
1: Yeah. Even a statement of like, I hate, I care about you. I care about what you're feeling. It's hard to listen when you raise your voice, like right now. Can you please talk to me in a calmer voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's really skillful to be able to do that, right? Because mm-hmm. what it does is, like, in order for me to get to that level with a partner, if she's angry. I'm going to need to really understand what I'm feeling right now. And I'm going to need to imagine what the other person is feeling right now. It's like a meta awareness. Yeah. It takes, takes a lot of skill to do that. It can be done for sure. I've seen a lot of people do it.
1: It it can, especially if, you know, there's more and more connection in your relationship. So when this happens that, you know, it's an anomaly and that, you know, that, If you move through it, it's going to bring you back to more connection. Cause I know when my wife skillfully handles my anger, I feel safer in the relationship. I feel more connected. I'm inspired by her. I want to do what she did. So it it could be really beneficial. Hmm. I, I tell couples too, I call it, look, one of you gets angry. They got stage. They're on the stage. Two people getting angry doesn't work. When two people are on the stage going at They're it. They're fighting in the back alley. Exactly. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, you, you, you got angry. You're angry. You want to express it. Let me allow you to do that. Yeah. 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 So how about the, the further
0: end of the spectrum? You know, for anybody out there that's um, having the fire hose of anger projected at them
1: yeah you know you gotta know to take care of yourself and that and trust that trust that intuition and walk away. you know that's one is like I'm not gonna take this kind of yeah uh, of rage or abuse if you wanna talk to me, lower voice, let me know, but i'm not like one right. is to to leave the situation um uh, and at times I think it's good to check in like I have people that say I have a very angry spouse, you know it's good to check in with other people in their, in their life. Like, is that true? And if it is like, okay, your reality is, is validated. So if I'm asking my, if I have a friend that's always getting angry, if I'm asking other friends, Hey, do you, do you experience his anger? that, Oh yeah. You know, I experience his anger, family member, not to triangulate, but just to check in that I might not be just too sensitive to the anger that that is it. So mm-hmm. to really, tell that this person if we want to continue to be in a relationship i'm experiencing aspects of abuse cuz it could right. be verbal verbal abuse is abuse yeah. raging crossing the boundaries yeah it, you know even even name calling you know i tell couples like hey you guys got to decide like if saying fuck you in an in an argument is off it, that should be off the table you don't need to have that even when you're upset Right. Yeah.
0: So there's a line. Mm-hmm. For me, the line is I refuse to deal with name calling, which I think is psychological abuse. Right. Physical abuse, like throwing things. Like that's right. That is across the line. And, 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 and I will not engage. I'll walk away.
1: Right. Yeah. What about when somebody gets so angry that they actually start hurting themselves, like banging? banging their head or mm-hmm. hitting a wall, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's intimidation, right? Like that, right? that that's abuse. Mm-hmm. If somebody is hitting a wall, they say, well, I didn't, I didn't hit you. I hit the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking I'm next. So. Right. And yeah. then that's, That's all
0: laid in with guilt also. You know, it's another form. I think it's another form of emotional abuse and psychological abuse because it's like you were the one that caused me to get so angry that I punched the wall and broke my hand. Right. You know, that's some sticky, some sticky stuff right Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So boundaries, right? So um, I'm not willing to be yelled at. I want to understand your viewpoint. I need to calm myself so that I can truly hear you. I'm going to walk away right now. Yeah. I'm not willing to deal with with what you're saying to me right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, we have all that autonomy to to do that. And hopefully when that happens, that both people are are doing it to self-soothe and self-regulate. Don't take that time to ramp up and get even more angry and stewed and critical inside. So that when people do break off, they need to take care of themselves and self-soothe
0: hmm right
1: such an important skill yeah that self self-soothing skill yeah, yeah. i i personally think that after you have an en- engagement like that that it's really important for the person to that was really spewing how they like that babe? spewing that anger to take some accountability like if that other person is willing to come back and re-engage and say okay i If you want to tell me now, I'm willing to listen. If you're going to tell me that in a calmer way that there is some accountability and maybe an apologize. I'm sorry. I gave you that energy that does not create safety in our relationship. You don't deserve that. I can figure out another way to tell you that I'm angry without that kind of energy. You know, in order to do
0: that, I think it's really wise to set up when times are good, like, okay, We're going to get angry with one another. Let's come up with some boundaries. Let's talk about this now Mm. so that when it happens,
1: we'll know how to get support. We'll know what to do. That's fantastic to to do that. Like there's almost, there's times when I've had premarital counseling with people Mm -hmm. that I say, you know, let's forget that the outcome commitments and let's, let's work on the process commitment. One process commitment is going to be, you know, the outcome commitment, I'll love you forever. We'll be together forever. Instead of, you know, when I get angry, when I get angry with you, because I will, we need to come up with a process. So we need to commit to this process of what will happen when each of us get angry. Right. And that's great. Because right. if both of you know, if it gets out of hand, we have the right to walk away. There, there's an agreement there. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: If there's any kind of abusive things going on, we're in couples counseling.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. That's a hard boundary right, right. there.
1: Yeah. Right. If there's any physical, you know, violence to it, if there's any throwing of items, if there's hitting a wall, we automatically go, that's the line. That's the and point. that that's, so then the other person that, if they didn't have that agreement, when that person said, then it's, it's, it's probably not going to happen or you won't see the commitment to happen you'll know that the relationship has room to grow if all of a sudden they made that agreement and then they follow through with it. Yeah. And even commitments of what not to say, like some people have little buzz, you know, little triggers, you know, calm down. I said that earlier for some people is like, don't tell me to calm down. Just deal with it, prepo. (laughs) Yeah. Just deal with it. Why are you getting so angry? Right. You're making too big of a deal out of this. Right. Or, um, Grow up. <laughs> exactly. I'm sick of your anger. I'm sick of your anger. Yeah. What not to say to an angry person. Yeah. Yeah. Stop blowing this out of proportion. Right. And right. so if, if we say that ahead of time, don't use those words, mm. yeah. then we kind of know like, okay, I, that those words are not going to be helpful to us. And they may be different for me than my partner. So that's good to get ahead of time of what, words not to use. Such
0: a small investment in time and energy that can have great, great payoffs mm-hmm.
1: in the long run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think about it, if the person on the receiving end, if they just say, wow, well, I hope we see that you're really angry. I don't really feel I'm gonna ramp up. I feel like I'm gonna all of a sudden, like feel like, oh, I've been seen, I've been heard. You know, I. It's they're, they're almost telling me, yeah, I see that you you, you're angry and in some ways they're not saying you have a right to be angry, but I feel like I don't have to squash my anger and I don't have to defend my anger. They see that. Yeah. And I can feel myself kind of come down a little bit when somebody says, wow, I see that you're really angry. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And you know, what is anger? Anger comes up when we feel threatened in some, in some way, shape, or form. And it's a very important emotion.
1: Yeah. Or wanting to control something to not happen.
0: So if I'm on the receiving end of the anger and I and I validate that person's experience without having to agree with their experience, but just That's validating the their experience. Hey, I see that you're really angry in this. I imagine that this is really important to you. Or I keep leaving I keep leaving my tools all over the living room for days on end and I can see that you're angry about that yeah I imagine that's really frustrating for you yeah right so I'm not agreeing you know with whether or not she's right or wrong with me leaving my tools in the living room Mm -hmm. I'm just validating her experience that takes the thread away
1: yeah and it needs to be very genuine right you know that part of how people sometimes parrot that you know I see that you're really angry now, and I can understand. Like, there's a part that that you got to rehearse the feeling of it, because the angry person knows if it's authentic or not. Yeah, you know, just like when people say to me, "I, I hear you, I hear you." Part of me is like, "Tell me what you hear." You know, don't just parrot, "I hear you." Mm. You know, so mm. I think that that we have to really practice that part of sincerely knowing I can acknowledge this part in person doesn't mean that I'm agreeing with them and that's okay.
0: I'm ready to self-disclose now. There we go. All right. So what's really worked for me as the giver of anger, and I would call this medium of the road in terms of the spectrum of healthy versus unhealthy. I would say maybe even medium, Add 10% on the un- unhealthy <laughs> expression of anger. That's where I've been for the last few weeks. And I spoke about, about it a lot in the, last, in the last podcast with the pig and mm-hmm. pig urine in the house and everything like that. You can, you can re-listen to that if you want a few laughs. What's really worked the most was when Robin turned to me and she said, Corey, I'm really concerned about you mm. because you're getting so upset at this and I'm concerned for your health.
1: And I'm she didn't say it condescending. No, no. She, she said, said it in, in such, such a
0: loving way. And it kind of snapped me out of a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a anger fog that I was in a righteous fog. Right. Mm. And it helped me to see that I want to be around for a really long time for my great grandkids.
1: So she was really yeah. concerned that you're going to blow a valve. Or yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And stress
0: kills. I mean, we know yeah. that stress kills. I mean, it's no joke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I was just, I was abusing myself with those angry biochemicals that I was allowing to get to get released. Mm-hmm. And then finally, what I did was I took responsibility for you know and, and what I was doing and why I was so angry, it was because I was expecting everybody else to solve the problem, but nobody else had a problem. I was the only one with the problem. And I was trying to get them them to see that they should have a problem. Mm. It was codependence at its finest, (laughs) right? And the rest of the family, everyone, my 11-year-old Rosie, my 16-year-old Sophia and Robin, And my sister-in-law who's living with us, they were all like, just, just not taking it on. And, you know, it took a couple of weeks, but finally I was able to just start solving the problem on my own because I just needed to do that. You know, I, I put, I bought this amazing Marine grade plastic, like really thick and heavy. I put it all over. I got the pee pads. I, I got the, I got the gates to, to kind of keep the pig you know, in the right place. And sure enough, it's been, it's been fantastic. And my stress levels have really come down a lot.
1: Mm. And I think that's a big issue with people that get angry. They want the other person to, to really see their reality. like really believe that the truth of that. And if we could just acknowledge, yeah, that's how you experience it. That's how you see it. I can understand that you're so upset because you didn't get that done. Doesn't mean that I'm agreeing with you that you got upset or that was the way. And so that acknowledgement, I think, is definitely a a huge step. And then the empathetic part, you know, how would you want, I mean, you said that Robin felt, you know, it was said in a loving way when she said that she was concerned about you. Is there any other empathetic way that she could have uh, acknowledged what you were experiencing? Yeah,
0: what I was really wanting to hear was, was, Corey, I hear how important it is for you to not have any drops of pig urine on the tile and grout. I, I hear. Because you were saying that over and over, you're throwing it out,
1: right? And that was yeah, the part you wanted to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I needed.
0: And I actually did in, in, in our couples counseling session, our just amazing counselor was able to ask her to just reflect or mirror back to me what it was that I was saying. And once she did that, Oh, it was magic. It was like fairy dust was just sprinkled all over me. And, and my stress levels just really came down I felt heard, I felt acknowledged. And then I was able to start relating and attuning to her in a deeper way.
1: That's another thing, you know, to propose that I think works really well is if you can't handle and don't do well on the first burst of anger and the person doesn't do well receiving that burst of anger, it's like you take that break and just try it again and do that again, meaning that if if the second time I'm on the receiving end of anger that I can now ground myself, I know what's coming and I know what the person may want and acknowledge, I can do that. So a lot of times I think people work with anger and they just stop, you know, that the escalation happens, they they stop, they break, they never repair, they never get back to it. The way that they get back to it is the same way that they got into it. So if they get back, because if they, they just go back rehashing the same way that mm-hmm. didn't work before. Mm-hmm. If they try a different way the second or third time with, this, with the ways that we're talking about, yeah. acknowledging and validating and having empathy and asking the person, did I get that right? Is there more? Right. It's so hard to do. Yeah. So that's why we might need two or three times to do it. Right. 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 Because if I feel, um,
0: if I feel that my angry partner is inappropriately being angry at me, then I'm going to, I'm likely to get angry. Yeah. Right. And so step one is self-regulation. If I'm able to really calm down myself and the anger is coming at me, then I might have access to be able to just simply validate their experience, yeah. even if I don't agree with it. Right. Mirror back, validate their experience, and then express empathy. I imagine that you must be feeling frustrated. I imagine that you must be feeling hurt. It, once again, I don't have to agree with, with their their position or how they're expressing their anger, I very well can put up a boundary about that. I could separate that out, but it's the validation of an angry person's anger that is most likely going to diffuse the anger and lead towards greater connection and right. understanding.
1: Yeah, because I know, like, when I sometimes feel on the receiving end of anger, this sometimes it goes through me, and I'm thinking, "You have no right to be angry with me," or justify that. You know, like that's that's not justice. I didn't I didn't do that bad thing that you're saying that you're so angry about. Right. So there's something about like, you know, that uh, whether it's fair or is it justified, yeah. you have no right. I'm so sweet and loving to me, you shouldn't. You know, all of those things yeah. doesn't make it good to receive healthy anger. You know, to have that thought process. Mm. You know what other technique that's really interesting that that we've done a few times and I do more in the work, and I, you know this so well because of our experience at Esalen. Sometimes I tell couples, hey, if it's coming at you, that's not cool, right? You can't receive that, but you can witness it. So sometimes what I say is, okay, put a pillow or a chair, and the person who's receiving anger just sits on the side and watches that person's anger go at the pillow or at the chair. I can witness my par- partner's anger when it's not directly at me. You know, other people, like if she's even angry at me, if she's just going on, if she's talking in the chair like, like prepo sitting in the chair, but I'm 45 degrees on the side, I can witness it. And wow. that's what she wants. And that's what I want. I know that I want just to hear me, just see me. So that's a great tool and technique. And I gave it to a couple some weeks ago and they tried it and they said it worked. They actually got into the fight back and forth and they said, wait, let's do what Prepo said. They put a a chair on the side and one started talking to the chair like it was their partner. The other one witnessed and they were, they moved through it. They were able to get way past any point that they escalated before.
0: I love that Prepo. That is such a great technique. So simple and easy, right? Right. Yeah. You know, acknowledging somebody's anger, even though I might not agree with it is simple but not easy to pull off. But the technique that you just spoke about, oh man, that is just a simple and easy way to help get underneath the surface and come to a place of understanding, Yeah, feeling understood, nice one.
1: I know when I witness somebody else's anger that's not directed at me, because I think the directed anger reminds us all the times when we were powerless as a kid, right? that anger used to come towards us from whoever teachers and parents and whatever friends or family that, that we were powerless. And so I think like that's the part that in receiving anger, that might be so difficult. So you could still witness somebody else's anger, but not when it's directed right at you. And from an energetic perspective, right?
0: You're in the corridor of power when you're standing right in front of somebody energetically You're it's in martial arts, they call it the corridor of power, Mm. right? So if you step out of that, that corridor of power, then that person can direct their anger at the empty chair and you're bearing witness to it, but you're not feeling it. You're not energetically taking taking it it on. on.
1: Exactly. Right. There's a big difference between witness somebody's anger and taking it on. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of people say, I just can't take your anger. What they really mean is I can't, I can't take it on. I can't. Yeah. I can't witness it because it's coming at me. So yeah. that's a, I think that's a big technique. Especially
0: for anyone out there who likes to meditate and, you know, has some of those uh, internal tracking skills, you know, and and sensitive folks out there also, you know, to have anger coming at me. And I'm one of those sensitive folks.
1: So to have anger coming at me, I feel it deeply in my body. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So another one that I think is really powerful, another technique that I talk about in various podcasts is around visualization. So if I know my partner or somebody else is going to get angry at me, or actually it's better to go to a past conflict that I can recall where I, when my partner or somebody else got angry and I did not respond the way I wanted to just play that scenario, right to the part where I did not respond well and take that breath and ground myself right before that and now see myself respond, whether I just want to reflect back, whether I just want to acknowledge, whether I want to empathize and now play that new movie over and over again. My body will believe that I actually acted like that. It has felt it and seen it. So that's a way that I can train myself to now... Respond in a new way that I want to.
0: Prepo. I mean, what you're talking about is the kind of stuff that we help guide people through in our counseling sessions, right? Yeah. You're giving away our secrets, man. You know, uh,
1: not all of them, but yeah, some of them. Sorry about that. Nah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what I love about you. Yeah. Give, Give it, it away. away. Give it right? away. Oh, that's the kind of world that I want to live in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is a world where people can reflect on what worked and what didn't work and they can actually have feel empowered to change their biochemistry and change their reactions in the yeah. future by working on it now.
1: Because I'm gonna just reiterate it, because what we usually do, I don't know what I do uh and I've changed it, but what I used to do and sometimes do is play that old fight or argument or scenario that I don't like and play that over and over again and get angry about it or frustrated about that? it. Rumination?
0: What? Yes, rumination right. and also Perseverating thoughts. Oh,
1: perseverating thoughts. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. It's like looping thoughts.
1: Exactly. Just, boom, and what that does is we know that just bores that groove into the right. brain. To mm-hmm. give us more of that, and see that that's our reality. Yeah. So, we like laying to... down ski
0: tracks on fresh powder, right? You're just right. laying down the these grooves. deep, deep grooves yep. that are gonna keep you caught in this in this vicious cycle. And then when that's happening, the cortisol's getting released, all these biochemicals of anger are getting released that are really important biochemicals if you need to like you know fight an attacker or run away from an angry mob or or uh, you know deal with something at work or something like that, right? But ruminating thoughts to have those stress chemicals ruminating in your bloodstream 24 seven like that.
1: We don't want that. No, no. So it's much better that when we're daydreaming and thinking about that past conflict, now create it in our minds a different way, but see ourselves respond differently. Not our partner, not the other person Mm. actually is like, you can even crank up the person's anger and see yourself take it. And if I do that over and over and over again, I can see that that's a reality for me of how I know I can respond because I've been playing it. I see myself do it. So in some way, my body believes the lie that, wow, people, you did respond that way. That's pretty cool. And then when it happens in the future, I'll have a split second of choice, which which route to take. And if I've been doing it over and over, that's the route that I might attach to more and do it. That is a wonderful practice, Prepo. Thanks yeah. for sharing that yeah, with me. Yeah, it's powerful, folks. It's, it's so powerful, but it takes practice. I know that I have to do it 20, 30, 40 times sometimes to be able to conjure up that, that new movie for me to feel that I'm now responding differently.
0: That reminds me of a concept of like the art of living, mm. right? Living an artful life. You know, cause there's, I mean, there's, there's beauty in that. There's, there's art, there's artfulness, there's skillfulness, there's reflection, there's creativity in imagining how I want to respond. Right. And then there's execution by, by just spending the mental energy thinking about a positive response, a positive way that I could have responded
1: Yeah. I just think that anytime like we prepare, whether it's somebody in a board meeting prepare or I prepare for a session or an athlete preparing for a game, you're going to probably more be successful because you're you're seeing yourself how you want to be (laughs) and you're prepared. A lot of times we don't prepare ourselves for a conflict. We prepare ourselves to like shun away or or protect. But what about if I prepare myself in a competent way? Because that's another thing. If we see ourselves being competent, that I can handle and respond in a appropriate and healthy way to anger, then we'll see ourselves do that more. And especially at the time that it happens, because a lot of times it's when we don't feel competent, that we don't know what to do, that we lose ourselves, that it goes awry. But if we can prepare ourselves and have the confidence that, well, I know what to do. I've rehearsed it, I've practiced it, practice, practice. You know, yeah. I, think, I think being
0: on the receiving end of, of anger in an unskillful way is also, a, can be a really good biomarker for understanding that something needs to change, right? So if my partner's getting angry with me and I'm having a hard time dealing with it, if the only choice that I have is to is to storm out, or to get afraid, or to get angry back, you know, if if I don't have a healthy response on the receiving end of anger, that's that's some uh, some really good information to me that there's some work that I can do with this. There's a reason why, you know, could come from family of origin, could come from a past partner. There could be some unprocessed material or unprocessed things that happened to me in my life that now my body is telling me, uh, it's time. You got to deal with this. right. Yeah. Go get some support. Do some writing in a journal. Talk to a counselor about it. Talk to a friend about it.
1: Yeah. I think also when somebody's on the receiving end of that and it is getting out of control, where it's very, very repetitive. I think the way that we present it to our partner is really important. And this is where we have to know our boundaries. We have to know our threshold. We have to know what we're willing to continue to live with in a relationship. It's kind of like risking the relationship for truth because I think at times, we you know, somebody would need to say, look, I'm, I'm telling you that, as you're getting angry at me over and over again, and the amount you're not realizing and taking accountability, I'm starting to lose love for you. I'm not feeling connected, and I'm afraid where that's gonna go in our relationship. I don't want that to happen, so I really want you to look at it. And if they don't look at it, there's some decisions to really be made, but if we're able to really say, look, I wanna have a close relationship and feel safe and connected, I don't feel safe without attacking that person, without blaming them and criticizing, right? To really say, I'm not feeling safe and this is not good in our relationship, this needs to change. So counseling or individual work of awareness, like you're saying. Such an important boundary to set yeah. right off right off the get-go. Right off the get-go because I do believe that. Like I'm a libertarian in many ways of people, they should have the freedom to uh, pursue their happiness. And if somebody is in a relationship where that's not attainable and that's not happening, we need to make decisions for that, for the aspect of having the life that we want. And sure, there's consequences. But I don't think it's healthy for parents to stay together when there's a lot of anger and the kids are modeling seeing that and modeling that and growing up around it because then they're going to have similar issues. Just like the people that are arguing and can't get back over those issues, can't get past it then they're going to just pass it on and that's not healthy. Right. Pass it on to their children. Thanks. That's what I wanted to say And yeah. <laughs> that nutshell. Exactly. Right. So I do think that there are, are at times going to be challenging decisions to make, but beforehand, before you make that decision to leave the relationship because there's too much anger in it to do the things that we're talking about and really try that out. So yeah, man, this was good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can, I can
0: sit here for another 30 or 40 minutes talking about this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But we're giving people a lot. And I know that there's a lot of questions that come up for people. Yeah, but what about when this? Yeah, but I won't take. I think it's just a really good exploration around really trying some things out to create a, an environment to be able to deal with some anger. That's healthy. That's not repetitive and abusive, and violent, and so forth, and to know the difference. But a lot of times people just get triggered so fast in any kind of anger, they're not allowing that that experience to create actually safety in that relationship.
0: You know, one thing I think we should really recognize also is the need for immediate support if somebody's on the receiving end of anger that gets dangerous, that gets life threatening, that gets yeah. abusive, right. you know, maybe in the show notes you could put like uh, you know, domestic violence
1: hotline. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that is so important. Cause sometimes the persons that receive in that type of anger or violence can be really confused and there's this push pull mm-hmm. and they're not sure of their reality or there's a lot of fear and even, I know that, like I'm saying, leave the relationship. And I know the reality that some people are saying, yeah, leave it. If I leave, I'm in danger. If I leave, I I understand that. And that's where getting that kind of help is really important. Right.
0: Right. And there's some anonymous places out there. And yeah, when I was in high school, I actually volunteered at a domestic violence shelter Mm. and, um, They never published their address and, you know, it was, it was all, all anonymous. It was a really amazing place. Wow. Yeah. They did great work. This is in Brooklyn.
1: Hmm. Cool. All right. That was sweet, babe. Thanks for, uh, journeying with me on that. Yeah.
0: Love it. Always. Prepo. Mm -hmm. Love, love coming here and hanging out with you this time and talking about these deep issues and, you know, helping folks to, think about other ways of looking at situations and other perspectives yeah yeah and thanks for your wisdom man this was a Mm. really a really profound one for me to hear some of those tools and techniques that you've developed over
1: time you can leave your check right on that desk baby my pen is out (laughs) thanks brother i love you man all right same here Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Taplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.